going to today at G1 Climax 32, he said. Trying to remember. Three, even. If I, I don't got the numbers wrong. My name is James Troopany. You might remember me from such podcasts as The Troopany Show, uh, telling stories, uh, music of the mat. Um, uh, Daily Squash, various other things, and I'm in charge of the Troopany Show's Today At series, as it's my channel, where I take a short, shappy look at the news of what happened in the G1 Climax tournament this today, and we're on the first day. Um, we were in Sapporo for the first day, which is important when it comes to some of these matches and the reactions that they got. But it opened up with a match with Yoshihashi defeating El Phantasmo in a B-block match, which was actually a lot of fun to watch. Yoshihashi always gets G'd up for G1 season. That doesn't mean he's going to win everything, but he's probably going to do all right. El Phantasmo, we will have a better idea of, well, where the El Phantasmo universe drops out at the end of this tournament. But at the minute, I couldn't see him beating Yoshihashi because he's not had big wins against single guys since he turned babyface and was kicked out of Bullet Club. So I kind of predicted in my head this was probably going to be a fair result. Intriguing, shall we say, uh, is where we're going to get from Phantasma, who's clearly over like Rover with the crowd. But, you know, Yoshihashi is Ichiban Sweet Boy, and he gets all the props for being top babyface. Um, and, yeah, so there's that. We'll see how that goes on. Chase Hines <laughs> went up against Gay Kid in the next match, which was interesting to me. Gabe Kit's the hot new thing in Bullet Club. Chase Owens is the longest-standing member of the currently available Bullet Club lineup in Japan. So I expected there to be some tensions as, you know, Dave Finley wants all killers. Bring me belts and bring me bodies. That's what he said. And, and Gabe Kid jumped Chase Owens with a chair from the beginning of the match. But there was a darkness about Chase Owens in this match, as if he was... Carrying the ghosts of Bullet Club past. If you think about this, he is the person. I mean, I don't particularly like him very much, and he isn't the greatest wrestler in the world. But he is the person that survived through the Omega era, he survived through the Styles era, and he survived through the Cody era, and he survived through the White era. Okay, so, I mean, he started off back in the days under, uh, a, I'm sure, I'm sure it was under AJ Styles. He was borrowed from the NWA back in the day, wasn't he? Um, but certainly Kenny Omega era was, was where he started. He became a more bullet club and moved up to heavyweight. And as a result of that, you know, he's the guy that kind of is the keeper of the flame. And he had a certain sense of indifference to Gabe Kidd all the way through this match from a character point of view. Because he took his beating and then shut down Gabe Kidd in short order. Literally three moves and it was done. Which is interesting and telling for me as far as I'm concerned. Next up, Tangaloa defeated Kenta, which is an interesting uh, uh, kind of match. Tangaloa is making his return from injury 15 months off. Kind of didn't expect him to lose in one sense. But Kenta's a big name to win in your first match back. The current Defy heavyweight champion, the former... A New Japan Strong heavyweight champion. He just recently lost that to Eddie Kingston. So this was a great match from Lower, though. This was for a guy who's you know been off for a long time. He really really handled himself well here. Uh, Kent was kind of an ideal performer to go up against him, and that was good. I enjoyed it. It was a good solid piece of work, and um, uh, yeah, thoroughly great um, for what it was. I don't think it's going to send, like, you know, Meltzer into a frenzy or anything. But that's not the point. It doesn't have to be. Lowe's an over, over, over baby face, and that worked out well. 
Next up, we kind of had probably the most intriguing match on this particular card as far as the direction of the company is concerned. Shota Umino went to a 20-minute draw with Ren Narita. I should say there's changes in rules this year. Um, this year's tournament, 20 minutes only, not 30 minutes, which is more of the norm. So expect a lot of draws in this tournament, and it's a handy out for your booking, to be honest with you. There'll then be quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. So kind of a league stage and then a final stage, more knockout stage. Umino and Narita had a bit of a banger, to be honest. It was really good. And you kind of like, Narita's kind of switched his style, where he's been kind of in that clone-ish world of Minoru Suzuki and um, Katsuyori Shibata. He kind of looked a little bit more like an AJW wrestler. He was a bit more um, Jumba Saruta in this particular Jumbo Saruta and Tenru, Jinchiro Tenru kind of look with his new boots, which have got those kind of like white piping on the laces. And that kind of gave me a look of like not so much New Japan and kind of more of echoing all Japan. Shota Umino, of course, is excellent, uh, but he's scrappy and inconsistent, whereas Narita has been simple, direct, and to the point. And this kind of like shows in the way of the mentors of both these men. You know, Narita's mentor, Shibata and Suzuki, to-the-point shooters, not getting anything, getting anything getting their way. With Umino, Moxley is kind of to the point as well, but, you know, there's an awful lot of Tanahashi in there as well, who is definitely not to the point. So that was an intriguing kind of match as how it was going, but they kind of came out 50-50 and kind of what you expected. 20-minute draw? Yeah, I can deal with that, because they're going to wrestle each other a lot more in the next 10 to 15 years. Kazuchika Okada defeated Great Okan. This was kind of back to business for the boss man. He obviously, coming off that loss against Brian Danielson, he had to show no weakness here. Okan is beneath him in this particular sense. Okan's great, don't get me wrong, but Okada had to come out guns blazing and take the win, which is what he did. Kind of workmanlike, kind of felt sorry for Okan that it had to be him, but somebody has to lose, and that's that. Keito Kiyomiya, in another intriguing match, defeated Yotosuji. Um, this was, yeah, like I said, this was intriguing because you've got Noah guy coming up against the hottest young thing in the company, Suji, who's just literally just main evented a pay per view by himself with Sonata. Um, and then Kimia comes out and beats him. Now, he lost to Sonata, obviously, but I'm not sure that Kimia, you know, it's the way that Kevin Kelly and Chris Chapman are pushing him on the commentary, like, oh, well, he's not quite as good as our guys. There's very much, you know, like a. And it's just kind of their job, but it's not very much a kind of like downness on, on Noah in New Japan because of obviously a defiable company um, and they're not considered as good as. And the N1 tournament isn't considered as good as. Um, but yeah, I mean, but Kiyomi's got a promise to keep to Keno. And Keno said um, at Corcoran Hall the other day, when I win the N1 and you win the G1, we should have a unification match. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and I think that's possibly like something they're going to work towards. I can see Kimi getting to the quarterfinals. There'd be no shame in him losing at the quarterfinal stage, though. I don't see him. You know, there's more opportunity to get out of the blocks with the quarterfinals. You've got eight guys who can say they've had a good tournament. Tai Chi versus Will Ospreay. Now, for those new listeners, will know I'm not a big fan of Mr. Ospreay. And this match was just odd. It was a, a mix of selling. The injuries from uh, Forbidden Door, which is nice, and I like that. I think that's good. And from what I understand, Kenny Omega has also been selling the injuries from Forbidden Door 
on AEW television. I don't watch AEW television on a regular basis, so I don't know. This is Tai Chi's hometown. He's virtually unbeatable in his hometown, so that that's that. <laughs> so I kind of thought Tai Chi, your king of pro wrestling champion, was going to beat the US champion here, and which would give him a US championship uh, title shot. I thought that would be interesting. But, um, yeah, Osprey kind of like did the Osprey thing and was like, I'm going to torture him for 14 minutes. Well, God, here we go. And then started selling his concussion injury, and I'm not sure it was the right thing to do. I like the fact that they're selling injuries, but if you've got a hint of a concussion, you shouldn't be wrestling. And New Japan Pro Wrestling should have stopped the match and just said, no, it shouldn't be an angle. It should just be shut down the match. Taichi takes the win. We move on. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm wrestling through the pain because it's really dangerous. And I'm not sure Vince is the best angle to take with it. Um, Osprey is much better than selling than he was when he was a lot younger because he was really awful. Um, but I still don't think he's good enough. And, yeah, it's a bit like the, the stuff with like the, the involuntary twitching things that Danielson was doing at Forbidden Door as well. I was not happy with that either. I think, you know, wrestling's supposed to be a cartoon, and I like realism, but not this kind of realism. It doesn't make you feel good as a fan watching your favourites like in genuine pain, or at least faking genuine pain as much as this. So I'm undecided on it. I mean, I'm not going to like it because it's an Osprey match. Not a particularly big fan of Tai Chi, but I'm much more of a fan of Tai Chi now than I used to be. But I'm, I'm, yeah, don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, main event time, Sonata. Um, uh, just to go back to that actually, before I finish that. There's no such thing as being an ethical wrestling fan. You're watching somebody exploit their body. Um, and they're supposed to be tricking you into believing them. But this is where, you know, in the modern world, I think where we're kind of like getting to the point of lines being crossed, we shouldn't. I'm not really sure. It's a conversation that we need to have. Anyway, let's move on. So now the main event time against Hikaleu. Hikaleu, big game player these days with that win over Jay White. And I discussed this with the Low Blows podcast guys uh, on Twitter whilst we was watching it. I don't think Hikaleu is as big as this match is as a main event on the first night of the G1 Climax. But I think that the New Japan board think he is, because of the bin over Jay White has made him a main superstar, and it hasn't, because he needs some big wins than this. This is a good start, but he should have won here. He doesn't necessarily have to win the IWGP Championship, but a win over Sonata would have kind of cemented him as a top-level player, and this isn't. Though it was a good match, it was solid. It wasn't the best match on the card for that. I have to go with Umino and Rita or Kiyomiya and Suji. Probably Kiyomiya and Suji, because it gives a little bit more edge to it for me. And you ended a definitive winner. Um, but Sonata versus Hikaleo was great for what it was. And kind of established Hikaleo was a major threat. You're going to have to go 20 minutes with him to get like you know get a win over him. He's going to stick around even if he doesn't win. And he's going to put in a strong performance. I think that's kind of establishing. But he needs a big win or two or three in this tournament to really cement him as the big level player that he needs to be. Um, and that's that for today at G1 Climax 33. My name is James Troopin. You can find me at Sheriff Star on Twitter, unfortunately. You can find me at Sheriff Star on TX on Instagram. Sheriff Star on, if you look up at Sheriff Star on Mastodon, I'm sure you'll find me. Uh, you can find The Troopin Show on Twitter, uh, Troopin Show on Facebook, The Troopin Show on Patreon, The Troopin Show, and on Instagram, Troopin Show. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. There'll be no Troopin Show this week because I just didn't get a chance to record one. I'll settle up with anybody. Nobody's free. And I don't like doing them by myself because I do this show by myself. 
So as we're in G1 season, there won't be um, a Troopney show this week, but there will be a Troopney show next week when we organise something. And it'll probably be something not current modern wrestling, as I'm watching loads of current modern wrestling. We'll probably do something historic. I have a plan, but we'll have to come up with a plan. Anyway, take care. I'll be back tomorrow with just to, to day two of the G1 Climax Tournament. Bye.